You're listening to the Football Revolution. Hello and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Geo. Great to have your company and it's nice to be back after a few weeks break. And joining me again in 2023 is my stylish teammate, VIG. Happy New Year, mate. How are you? Happy New Year. Very good. Welcome back. Thank you, mate. Uh, he's saying welcome back as I've been in Japan for the last seven or eight days. Uh, amazing trip. So I'd recommend to anyone out there, if you're, you're looking for somewhere to get away from our beautiful country, go to Japan. I think a week or even a week and a half is not enough. You need probably a month to go there and experience the amazing food, hospitality, culture, everything. So yeah, amazing place to be. But uh, how's everything with you, mate? I see you've had uh, your little man at the cricket and he's been around in the world. He's, he's going to have more experiences than I've had by the time he hits one. I have. He's, he's he's been everywhere, hasn't he? He's a, he's a lucky boy. Um, but you, you didn't touch on the the football culture in Japan. I, I saw over the weekend they had fifty thousand uh, sold out uh, stadium for a high school uh, football match. So absolutely ridiculous. Uh, great country, and and like you said, if you haven't been there, get over there. Mate, we'll, we'll definitely be heading back. But, uh, mate, we're uh, we're all coming down from the amazing World Cup, then Christmas, New Year, and football's been coming thick and fast locally and abroad. But uh, not everything is uh, is high skies and and uh, and sunny sunny skies because uh, with all the things we've been celebrating, we unfortunately farewell the Brazilian legend Pele, aged eighty two at the end of last year. And then to make it worse, this week Italian star Gianluca Vialli was uh, taken too soon from us at only fifty eight. So. Um, yeah, really tough for the football world. I think it's uh, it's probably just too many at the moment, too many big names and too many people, uh, footballers that we love who have you know, have given us years and years of uh, absolute thrills and spills on the pitch uh, leaving way too soon. Yeah, definitely. Look, I, I obviously wasn't around to, to watch Pele play, but I've, I've seen some footage of him and an incredible player. And um, I read a statement somewhere saying everything you see players do it now, Pele did it first and he was he was a phenomenon um to win three world cups i think he won his first when he was 17 which is just ridiculous like most kids are still at school um he's you know he's he'll go down as, as one of one of the greatest of all times and um Gianluca Vialli, i remember him uh, fondly uh from his chelsea days so um it's a, it's a shame when when you lose someone um like that to, to cancer and and also uh Stinisar Mihajevic, um as well uh, over the last couple couple months so um, yeah, it's just it's just tragic and um, hard to go out to, to their families. Yeah, mate. Uh, you know, it, it seems like only what a couple of years ago now, Gianluca Vialli was holding aloft the uh, the Euro title with uh, Mancini at uh, with the Italians, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you turn on the, uh, the the TV or you, you you log into the internet and you see that he's gone too. But uh, look, at least the good thing was, uh, even though he'll be sadly missed Pele like Maradona was, he got to see our famous uh, Pierre Awards. Named after him before he was to depart uh, depart Earth, he did. I, I'm tipping that's probably the highlight of his career. He, he reached <laughs> the he reached the pinnacle and thought, oh, I can go out now. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. We we can have a, a, a laugh and a joke about our our Peely Awards, but um, yeah, it's always sad to see a, a football icon um, leave us. Look, let's hope this is the end of uh, all the big names departing uh, the uh, the Earth All Stars, but. Uh, Whilst back home, we lost Raw's marquee man, Charlie Austin, who's now, I think, signed in the Championship or League One since he's returned back to England. Uh, before, we lost him from the league in Christmas. Now, Victory's Portuguese star, 
Uh, Nanny has ruptured his anterior cruciate ligament, so we've lost uh, a second huge marquee signing for the uh, year. So it just doesn't seem that uh, we can buy a break at the moment. If it wasn't, uh, you know, without going into too much detail, if it wasn't the, the trouble we had in Melbourne, uh, you know, a few weeks back, and then we've had other issues now, all of a sudden now our second big name uh, All-Star's gone. Yeah, look, very, very disappointing. Um, you know, he, he didn't quite hit the heights um, that, that we sort of anticipated or we wished for, but he, his professionalism at the club, um, the way he, the way he's um, he goes about his day-to-day business, um, and the way he's played on the field, it's it's not like he he hasn't been out there there trying and putting in effort. Like he, he's done his ACL in the in the last minute of of the match, pretty much, um, and he, he's going in for a tackle, and uh, he's also got a yellow card for it to top it off. So um, it, it's a shame because I, I think he still uh, you know he still had a lot to a lot to give to the league, especially um, for the rest of the season, and, and especially for victory, who um, you know can can rely on a player like that. Mate, uh, we, we went to this temple uh, New Year's Eve and it's supposed to get rid of last year's wishes and, and give you some nice new wishes for this year. I think maybe next year some of the A-League um, execs need to go over because as if last year we didn't have enough bad luck this year. Like I said, we've started the year and your biggest name player goes down and who knows what's to come. But look, I, I don't know. I think they need to inject a bit of cash, get some more marquees because if you've only got two, right, there's a high chance that you can lose both. But if you've got 10 or 12 or 14, well, your chances are, who knows, maybe we can take all 14 out with our luck. But uh, it's a lot harder to do isn't it it is it is and 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 like you said i i think every player every team sorry needs a needs a player of of nani's caliber or or, or a big marquee signing so um you know let, let's hope uh, over the over the next year or, or even in this window let's hope uh, some someone some teams pick someone up you know, talking of uh, A-League clubs, so Perth Glory owner Tony Sage is under investigation for untested bribery and fraud allegations, so we don't know how true they are, but finally the Glory are coming good again, right? They're starting to look good on the pitch. It looks like Ruben's starting to get a mixture of some, you know, he's let, lost some big-name players over the last 18 months, but he, he's got some good young players there. He's got some some players who have come back from overseas, like uh, Williams and uh, you know, and these guys are starting to come good, and now all of a sudden <laughs> there's this dark cloud over the glory. They just can't win a trick, can they? Yeah, look, let's. I, I don't know. The, the least we say about that, the less we say about that, the better. I think. Um, let, let's just focus on on what Perth Glory are actually doing on the pitch at, at the moment. Um, they're playing some good football. Uh, the results are starting to turn their way. So. Um, let, let's let's look at the positives for Perth. Hopefully, this doesn't uh, put a dampener on that, and and you know play onto. Uh, the performances on the pitch. Isn't it funny how when you bring a player back, right, it's about finding the right spot. So obviously Armini came into, uh, you know, a, a good Sydney side last year to replace the uh, injured Luke Bratton. And to be honest, he didn't really do a lot. But then all of a sudden he's decided to go to Perth and it looks like a new player, right? He's made he's made a big difference there. It looks like he's happy. It looks like he's playing good football again. It looks like all the players around him think, well, this is our go-to man. So it just goes to show, right, you can't just find any club when you want to come back to Australia after trying your luck overseas, right? You've got to find the right fit. Yeah, definitely. And look, we know he's, he's a class player. He's, he was overseas for, you know, eight, eight nine years. So um, let's not forget that. Yeah, he came back to to Sydney um, on on a loan loan contract. Didn't quite work out for him, but he's gone to Perth now, um, playing some good football. He's the leader of that team. He's the captain. Um, you know, uh, Zajkovic has put a lot of faith into him, and um, you know, hopefully, it's it's starting to pay off. Hope hopefully it continues for the rest of the season. Yeah, it'll be interesting next few weeks for the glory. We wrap up match day nine of the A-League women's competition. Uh, Revolutionised roundup of the latest men's round. Is there anything I didn't see? 
VIG, I know there's not much that gets past you, mate. You're like the world's best uh, sweeper, right defender, centre centre back. Yeah, look, if you didn't see the second half of the uh, Sydney Wellington game, uh, dead set, you must be living under a rock because it, <laughs> it was absolute fireworks, mayhem. Um, yeah, if you didn't see that, then uh, I don't know where you've been. Maybe you're on a flight back from Japan or something like that, but um, it, it was incredible. All right, A-League women's wrap. So Wellington has opened uh, their account with a draw, so they've got one point at least now. Western United have continued their unbelievable de- uh, debut season, still undefeated with six from six. Sydney's caught fire. So the Sky Blues after, you know, obviously before we took our hiatus, they uh, they were kind of going through the motions, but they've been in, I think they've had three wins on the trot now, and they've rocketed up the table to, I think, top of the table. Adelaide has gone frozen cold. I think I saw them at the snow in uh, in, in Japan. I think I saw them there. They were all frozen. Stuck top, to the, side top of of Mount, the top of Mount Fuji. <laughs> I think they were. Whilst the Wanderers are finding points hard to find. So quick snapshot of uh, the weekend's games. Victory shares the points with Glory 1-1. Sydney FC with an excellent away win at the Jets 4-2. So f- showing they've got a lot of firepower there. I think they'll be a bit concerned, Ante Juric, with uh, conceding too. But uh, with plenty of firepower there, 4-2 is a good enough result for them. Western United edge past the Phoenix late 1-0. Canberra do the damage in the first half with a solid win at Adelaide 2-0. And the Wanderers flip the form guide on its head, beating the high-flying city 2-0 at home. Yeah, massive, massive result for the Wanderers. And um, like, like you said, with Sydney uh, scoring lots of goals and, and four different goal scorers as well. So um, that, that's that's always a positive sign when you've got a lot of a lot of uh, players contributing um, and scoring goals. Yeah, most certainly. A-League women's table update. So Western United still have their 100% record but needs to win their game in hand to leapfrog Sydney back into top spot. So the top top four at the moment is Sydney FC on 18, tied with Western United on 18 who have a game in hand, Melbourne City on 15, their neighbours Melbourne Victory back on 13, and then uh, Adelaide on 12 and Brisbane Roar on 10. So looks like it's uh, it's on for Donkey Kong. It's uh, it's an open race here. Sydney, like I said, have made the most of, uh, of that, uh, that period where they've gone to the top. Western United, time will only tell if they uh, are the real deal or if they've just uh, they're riding this emotion of their you know debut season. But uh, with the two dangerous Melbourne clubs lurking as well as Adelaide, um, yeah, anything's possible. Yeah, definitely. But it looks like there's there's starting to be a little split in the table. You know, the, the top 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 six or, or the top five are sort of starting to pull away from the rest. So um, it, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, I think. Okay, my weekly rap has been replaced by shout-out, dedicating a weekly song to a team or a player for their good or bad performance. This week's shout-out goes to a Bulls superstar, Usilis Devia. After a year you wish on nobody, he's back to his best, God knows how, um, but he has, and the song we send to him is Christina Aguilera's track, Fighter. So, you know, it makes me that much stronger. After what he'd been through last year, like I said, you don't expect the guy to even put his boots on and turn up on the pitch, but it goes to show the quality of that human being. And not only that, he's got to, you know, face his son each day and get through a day without his mum. So honestly, I, I don't, I, I can't uh, describe how, how impressed I am by this guy and, and how amazing not only as a footballer is, but he's shown to be as a human being. So we wish him all the best. I hope every week, you, we're not going to give you the award every week, but I hope every week you keep putting in performances like that and uh, that 2023 is a lot better for the Devia family. Yeah, definitely. Look, we, we know he's a phenomenal player. Um, it was absolute heartbreak for him for him last year, and and like you said, I, after that, I, I don't know if you, if I could come back and and play football. But he's obviously got some uh, amazing uh, friends and family around him and and support. So, and credit to Macarthur Football Club as well for um for getting behind him and um showing their support and and keeping him 
you know, keeping him at the club and keeping him playing the game, the game that he loves. So, um, you know, like you said, football, football is an escape for, for a lot of people. Um, you get on the pitch and you, you can, you can show, show yourself and, um, he, he's, he's doing wonders and, and, you know, I just hope, hope for our sake and hope for the league's sake that, um, we can keep him here for as long as possible. Mate, I think that wasn't a very important point you've made too. It's not only uh, you know the, the strength of him, but I think it goes to show that the, the MacArthur Bulls, the uh, the kind of club they are, because he is. You know, some clubs there, you know, not not uh, directly or not purposely, but would, you could drown. You know, if, if if you're not watching him, you're not making sure he's supported. Because let's be honest, I don't know how many people would have been through that. So it's hard to be able to support someone when you haven't, as much as you have empathy empathy for them. It's hard to know you know exactly what they're going through, and we don't wish that, like I said, on, on your worst enemy. So. Um, yeah, they've done a fantastic job. So hats off to them as well. And yeah, we wish him all the best for the rest of the season. So quick uh, look at the A-League men's table. Melbourne City uh, on top with 25, game in hand. Central Coast on 19, the Wanderers on 18. MacArthur Bulls a further point back on 17. Brisbane Raw, nice move up to a fifth on 15. They have a game in hand. And Adelaide United also on 15, rounding up the top six. Mariners and City are in excellent form. Victory going terribly while the rest have shared mixed results. So um, other than City at the moment, who you can pretty much bank your, bank yourself on each week that someone's going to step up. I think they've got my friend Berengay back this week and, you know, they've lost uh, they've lost PK and you start thinking, okay, how will things go for City? And you start getting back Berengay. You've got McLaren scoring every week. You've got Leckie on fire. You've got this guy and that guy. It's, honestly, it's a very, very scary proposition, isn't it? Look, they're they're just different level at the moment. They've they've got such uh, such depth. Um, all their players seem to be firing. Uh, doesn't matter who they bring in or, or who they leave out. Um, you know, I had a look at their bench on the weekend. I think you had like Naboo, Nuno Reyes, uh, Scott Galloway, um, Jamison as well. Scott Jamison. So it's Stop it's just fight, phenomenal, yeah, phenomenal depth, <laughs> phenomenal depth. So um, they, they they just look they look unbeatable at the moment, uh, untouchable. So you know. I think the minor premiership, what are they, 25 points, uh, six points ahead ahead of Central Coast with a game in hand. Yep. Um, you know, they're, they're, it's looking like another minor premiership for, for Melbourne City. I'm, I'm not sure who's going to stop them at the moment. Does PK get some, uh, does he get one of the, a winner's medal as well if they go on and win it? He, he did enough games, didn't he? Do you qualify if you've done eight rounds or six <laughs> rounds or whatever he's done? I, I don't I don't know what the what the marker is, but for me, I, I think, you know, it's if, if he's only done eight games, I, I don't think he gets one. What's the price? I don't know. What's the price for father and son double double? Oh, I don't know. Get on it though. That's that that that's that could that could very well happen. The Melbourne know? City family if, double. Yeah, as I said, City. If, I've liked what I've seen from City, even though they've probably you know uh, not been going as well since we've been off the air. But uh, the men's team's going well, and City have that firepower and the quality in their team that they could go ahead and win it, and it could be a father and son duo combo. It could be. It could be the big double at the end of the season, and, and you know, shame on us. Shame on us because I think I, uh, I I doubted Rado when he got appointed. I said City need to need to move quick and, and get someone else in. But may, maybe with the with, with the quality of players um, that they have, you know, maybe you and I could coach them and and we'd still get wins. So I was going to say, I, I think you could get uh, one of Sesame Street, Oscar the Grouch, or Big Bird to take over that team, and I think you'd still pick up points, wouldn't you? Yeah, look, I, I think he, I think every every week when he does the team lineup, he just throws a few names on the board and says, "Go out and play, boys." So, um, we'll, yeah, we'll see how it keeps going. All right, before we get into our revolutionised roundup, tell us uh, what one team that you think uh, the World Cup did wonders for, and one team that they, they wish the World Cup had never happened. 
in the A League who, who's who's benefited from this uh, from that break and a chance to obviously they might have lost some players, but they were also able to regroup and get their their players that they had in the squad you know up to speed. Or if they didn't lose any players, they were able to galvanise their squad and ready for a, a challenge at the title. And which team they going? I wish World Cup never happened because we've gone backwards now and we don't know how to find uh, t- forwards. We're only going backwards. Yeah, look, I, I, th- I think Central Coast uh, are the, the beneficiaries. They're, they've, you know, they're up in the second spot, um, and they've been pretty good since since the, the the end of the World Cup. Since since we've come back, so um, they're probably my my pick at the moment. They're, they're you know, informed team. Brisbane Raw, yes, but they've I think they've been eight games unbeaten. Brisbane, so um, they've been steady. And the the team that that are disappointing at the moment, uh, Melbourne Victory. You know, second last. Second last, sitting on on ten points from ten games, um, they they just look all over the shop. No, you know, uh, it, it's unfortunate with what happened in, in the derby, um, and just off the back of that, they've they've just been poor, poor performances. Uh, players look a bit disinterested. I, I don't know what's going on with with Popovich, um, but yeah, their, their performance their performance the other night against Brisbane was just just uninspiring. Just um, very timid football, not the victory that that we know. Um, yes, the crowd. You know, football football is about about fans and about people going to watching football matches. And the crowd was absolutely terrible at that game. Um, you know, obviously the active support wasn't there. Um, and and who knows that they, they, they might even face further sanctions for for what happened, and and they could lose more points. So it's it's probably a little bit demoralising for the players. Um, they just look very flat at the moment, and. Um, and until that is sorted out, until they know what what their what their uh, the consequences are of of the of the derby, um, you know, I don't think things will change. I, th- I think it needs to be dealt with dealt with soon. Um, they need to get it out of the way. If there are further sanctions for the club, if if points if there's going to be a points deduction, um, I, I think that needs to be decided decided soon. So you know the players can can get on with it. Yeah, look, looking at their squad, right, there's no possible way or any reason why they should be anywhere but up the top of the table. But, uh, you know, you, you have said that it, it, there is a big chance that after what's happened, it has, um, you know, soured the club. Things have internally that we don't know about and we're not obviously privy to um, have have just started to rot away the club, right? That's, that's, that's simple because when you look at the the playing roster and the quality of coach they have and the coach you know and everyone around i really i really felt this was a great chance for them they hadn't quite clicked into gear we talked about how you know brimmer and the likes hadn't found how they fit into a team now that nanny's in it and they've got so many stars and they were finding that hard to do which is totally understandable and i thought you know giving them a few weeks off while um, the world cups on would give them a chance to get that right but it's actually gone worse they've gone they've gone further back in the field than they they had beforehand and you, you may have hit the nail on the head it could well be because because of uh, the dramas that they've had on and off the pitch with the uh, the absolute disaster that happened when they uh, they played in the derby, but um, you know what do you do now? Do you just sink or do you, they have to find a way out of this? Right? Yeah. Look, there's no doubt that they they've got the quality, the players there. They've got the quality to get themselves out of this. But like I said, the the effects of that of, of what happened after the derby, like like you said, they've come back from from the World Cup break. They're probably thinking, how good is this? We've got a derby first up, huge game, big crowd. You know, let's get into it, and and twenty minutes in, it, it's over. So, um, you know, quite frankly, I'm I'm sick of I'm sick of talking about the the derby and what happened, but the knock on effects from that, uh, it's obviously still lingering, and and it's playing on the players' mind, and and maybe even the coaches' mind. Okay, 
All right, so quickly for the listeners, Revolutionised Roundup, we uh, we touch on the score, the goal scorers, the players of the game, the turning point, and what we would have done, Coach Gio or VIG, to try and have changed the game to either get a win for one team or to try and get a result uh, rather than a draw for either of the sides. So the opening game of the two games on the Friday was the Melbourne Victory versus Brisbane Raw. How'd you find that one, VIG? Yeah, look, d- disappointing if you're if you're a victory fan like yourself. So um, the the final score was one nil to Brisbane Raw. Goal scorers were goal scorer was Jay O'Shea in the seventy third. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at the attendance for this this match. The official attendance was four thousand three hundred ninety two. It it just watching it, it didn't feel like a Melbourne victory game. You know, there was no atmosphere there. Uh, crowd was flat. The players were flat. Um, and yeah, it was it was. Quite a disappointing game. In saying that, though, Brisbane Raw, the way they set up, they they, they did very well. Um, my player of the match was was Jay O'Shea. Um, he, he's a real leader. He's, he's been leading this Brisbane team for a while now. Um, I think they're eight, eight games undefeated now, five draws and three wins. Um, so they're, they're building solid foundations. Um, they're, probably, they're probably just missing one or two players. I think they need to maybe bring in a striker in the window if, if they can to replace Charlie Austin. So do you disagree with the fact that uh, as much as I've been talking up Joe Knowles, uh, you know, throughout the season so far, Moon said he's got faith that uh, Knowles can step up in the absence of Charlie Austin, but it's a lot to put on one player. And as we've seen across, you know, even the, the, the Premier League, you, you get an injury to one or two of your strikers and all of a sudden you're playing guys out of position and all of a sudden the structure you had now is no longer there. So they definitely need to find some. Whether they bring in a young, another young player or something, they need another striker, right? Yeah, look, I think they do. I think they need one more player with a bit of experience. I don't know whether they they dip into the overseas market again, or if they go for someone in the A League who you know isn't getting much game time, but but had a bit of um, pedigree here and, and and a bit of reputation. So I don't know who that is, but I, I think they're just they're maybe one or two players off. Um, you know, not not to say that they can't make the top six. But if they really want to go, you know, go deep into the competition and and you know maybe challenge for the title, um, I, I think they're they're one or two players off um, in do, in doing that. What was the turning point in the game for you? Yeah, turning point was was obviously the goal in the seventy third. Um, you know, a bit of a soft goal, got a deflection off uh, Roderick Miranda, but that that pretty much sums up victory at the moment. Um, you know, no one no one with intensity shutting down um, the ball carrier. JSA gets a shot off. Yeah, the defender's there. He's got his hands behind his back, um, gets a flick off his uh, off his foot, and 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 goes over the goalkeeper. So, um, you know, I, I thought that was it, it was poor poor defending, but just no intensity from victory at the moment. No uh, desperation to shut down players in the box. A uh, few players around standing there, so um, just just not not good football. And not that you'd want the job at the moment, but uh, what would you have done if you're in charge of victory? Yeah, look, I think I think the formation from from the get go, um, you know, starting with five at the back. I think Josh Brillante was at right back. Well, why can't he just play four at the back? Play Jason Gary at right back. That's his natural position. You got Spiranovic coming back into the squad, centre back. You have got Miranda centre back, and um, then you got Cadete on, on on the left at left back. So, um, you know, I, I think that the way they were set up, the way they played, um, it, it was quite defensive from from Tony Popovich and. Um, when you set up like that, I think you're just in- inviting pressure on, and um, there's no intensity. And, and Josh Brillante is a, you know, he, I don't think he's played right back for for years. Uh, I think the last time he probably played right back was when he first started his A League career at, at Newcastle. So, um, 
you know, oh, oh, I wasn't a fan of it. Wasn't a fan of five at the back, um, just inv- inviting pressure onto themselves and and not really taking the game to, to Brisbane Royal. You're, you're Melbourne victory. You're playing at home. Um, you know, you should be taking the game to, to any opposition that, that comes your way. Yeah, so it doesn't really feel like they were setting up for playing the Brisbane Raw with a defensive. They were f- facing the rest of the world at the moment with media and everything that's coming at them, right? Everything that's come at them. Uh, Nanny's now being injured. It looks like they're, they're setting up to defend against the world, right? Not against the Brisbane Raw team out there because with the players they have, they were, they were trying to set up to play against Barcelona or Real Madrid, weren't they? They weren't playing against... They, sh- they should be able to go out yeah. there against a team like the Raw and be able to go at them and let the Raw... If the Raw are good enough to take something out of it by playing defensive, fine, but you don't take the second string to a team like the Raw. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. All right, so moving on to the second of the Friday games, it was the Perth Glory hosting Western uh, Western Sydney Wanderers. The final score was 1-0 to the Perth Glory. Uh, uh, in my opinion, a, a well-earned win against a side that's going really well this year and it's definitely a different team under uh, uh, under Rudan's for, first full season. Uh, for, for the goal scorers was Keegan Jelicic in the 59th minute. Um, no surprise then that my player of the match was the goal scorer. He was excellent for the glory until he was given an early shower in the 77th minute. And I would have got him off too to make sure that he's able to back up for their next game. I think they've got a game uh, tomorrow night as well. So I think it was a smart move from them. Uh, it wouldn't have been if they'd blown the points, but they were good enough to hold out. And I think they could have had a few others. If it wasn't for uh, Lawrence Thomas uh, in the, the Wanderers' goals, they definitely could have taken a, a two or three, uh, a three-nil win uh, to, to back home with them but uh, they ended up only winning 1-0 but 1-0 is still three points for me there was no real turning point the uh, the men from the West worked hard all night and deserved the win and I think we saw glimpses of Western Sydney Wanderers but I don't think it was their best night and I think at the moment the glory are in a in a phase where okay they're not they're not offering five-star football but they are going out there and giving 110% and really working hard for the coach and for the club so hats off to them for that and I think that was a win that they uh, they totally deserved and uh, for me, what I would have changed is I love uh, Oli Bazanik in the centre of the park, but up front, I'll pass, please. I, 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 like I said, I know he's a really he's a great player, but I don't think he's a striker. He's up there in a two-man strike force, um, and I just don't think that's the right position for him. And, okay, if you're a good player, you should be able to play any position, but, okay, you can play any position, but if you don't excel at it, at this level in this league, you need to have players who excel in their positions, right? You don't have guys just filling in. This is not under-14s or, you know, under-17s uh, MPL. You know, this is a first team, the best league in our in our country, and you've got a guy like that playing our position. And it's not the first time I've watched teams do this this year. So I, I, I think it shows that they are lacking a bit of depth. They're also playing Yengi out wide again in the midfield. Yengi's a striker for me. He's big, he's fast, he's dangerous. He pushes his way and he busts and they had Kripik on the bench as well. So I would have much rather see uh, Bazanik in the centre of the park. And if that means another good centre midfielder is on the bench, at least you're playing the players in the right position. So, yeah, for me, I definitely would have started a, a, a different lineup to what Marco Rudin did, but I'm not the coach. So um, he, lives and buys by, he lives and dies by his decisions, and I can just sit here and throw snowballs at him. <laughs> so... Yeah. So it sounds like it was it was a bit of an off night for the Wanderers, but but also you know hats off to Perth they they probably deserved the win in the end. Yeah, I think I think they set up better, and I think they were better prepared for the game. And as as we've said, you know it's it's not just about the team that you have on the pitch; it's about making sure they're in the right positions and making sure that you're well prepared for the game. And I think uh, that uh, you know. Zakovic is starting to show that he's a good tactician and I think he's, you know, in the same similar sort of mould to Ulfak Tale that they, they prepare their teams really well and if he does have some good cattle uh, or just just cattle that are prepared to go out and work for him, he can do something with it. So moving, yeah, on, so moving on to the first, I think, of, was it four Saturday games? 
Oh, there, there, there were a lot. Three? I think there were three. Was there three? Or there four? Three. There was three Saturday games. So there was the, the first one was the Sydney FC versus the Wellington Phoenix. Uh, you touched on that a little bit earlier. Tell us all about that in greater detail, VIG. Yeah, look, final score was uh, 1-0 to Wellington. Uh, goal scorers uh, in the 10th minute was uh, Oscar Zawada. Um, phenomenal game. Uh, you know, Wellington got got out to early lead. Um, my player of the match goes to Oli Sale um, for his penalty save in the 97th minute to deny Adam Lafondra an equaliser. Uh, but but just phenomenal, phenomenal second half. Uh, absolutely, absolute mayhem. Um, more red cards than goals. Know, more red cards than goals. Um, the the referee was was very uh, card happy. Let, let's just put it that way. Um, and the turning point. Oh, I don't know. There, there were more turning points than a middle aged man losing his hair. I think so. <laughs> Honestly, that's it was, why I'm wearing it was, my hat. That's why was, I'm wearing my hat. Mate. It was it was bedlam out there. It was absolute bedlam. Um, so, so first of all, I'll, I'll take you through the five turning points or whatever it was. Um, so Krayev gets sent off in the 71st minute for a second bookable offence. Looked a little bit that soft. Looked a, a little bit soft. I, I thought it, I thought it was I thought it was soft. Um, but in saying that, second yellow, yes, possibly. Um, and, he, and he hasn't shown any since he's been here. He's shown he's a fantastic acquisition of a league, but there doesn't look like to be any dirtiness in him at all, right? Or any any foul nah. play. So you know, if, if you're going to give someone the benefit of the doubt, isn't he one of the guys you'd probably give it to? Yeah, absolutely. He's he's been phenomenal since he's since he's been here, and um, you know he's he's been the centerpiece of of Wellington's success, I guess, um, in, in the last couple of fixtures. But um, so he gets sent off in the seventy first. Then the sub Nick Pennington gets a straight red for a scuffle with Max Burgess, a little bit of a, a grab at the throat. For me, I thought that was that was pretty soft, and, and I thought uh, Max probably got away with one as well. He, oh, I quite love Maxie, easily. But Maxi, Maxi, this is the second time now. I think he's done it one of the to- other games. I think too, where he's running there, he's got a bit angry. I love Max, and Max is one of the smartest, if not the smart, or smartest footballer I've met before. Smartest and nicest guys out there. What's he doing? I, I don't know, but you know, maybe a bit of white line fever. But I, I thought he was lucky to to escape with the yellow. Um, and then on, on top of play, that... And he's playing you know, at the moment. So it's not like he's coming off the bench. He's starting games and he's still cranky pants. Yeah, I don't know why he's angry. I don't know why he's angry. He needs to do a bit, bit more meditation, I think. I was going to say, Max I would have got him a yoga voucher for Christmas if I'd known. That's <laughs> You have to send one to him. <laughs> um, so, 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 so that's... Wellington have had two players sent off. So that's that's two turning points. Then the VAR awards a controversial penalty to Sydney in stoppage time. Ollie Sale saves it. The, the first spot kick from Lafondra. Um, there's a handball on the rebound, so another penalty is awarded, and uh, Lafondra blasts over. So to take your pick there. I don't know more more turning points um, than I've seen th- this year. Um, just just a phenomenal second half. Um, I don't know referee doing every, everything he, he possibly can, and then the VR doing everything they possibly can to to get Sydney a point out of this match, which. Um, to be honest, I don't think they deserved. So I think a bit of justice in the end. Um, mate, what what hard, I would have changed. Mate, if it's hard to find a four-leaf clover, how hard would it be to find Lafondre, Alfie, great striker, missing two pens in one game? Oh, oh, honestly, you, when the second penalty got awarded, you're thinking that they've got away with one here, that they're going to get a point out of this, um, and then he blasts over. So, um, you know... For him to, to miss two penalties in you know in, in the space of two minutes, um, un, unheard of. 
It, it was in um, good company on the weekend. I don't think it was a week of pens, right? I think there was a force field there. Maybe it was a Star Wars week, weekend or something yeah. around because Mikkel Tatsa missed a spot kick as well, which he's been five from five leading up until this round. He missed as well. He didn't even hit the target. So, and if I think if we looked a little bit closer, we'd probably find a couple of others who joined that elite list. But uh, it's not a list you want to be on. But uh, yeah, there was just something in the air or the water, wasn't there? Some, something in the water, wasn't there? Um, but but yeah, uh, what, what I would have changed, well. Sydney's case, I would have let someone else take the second penalty. You know, if if you're looking to get something out of the match, yeah, you've the already Kane, had a, the hurricane theory. You've already had one penalty saved. Um, you know, for, for me, if, if you're if you're the penalty taker, you, you take a penalty and you miss. I think it's next in line. Then it goes to the next person, and and they take one until they miss, and then yeah, it might go back to you, or you might have two or three penalty takers in the in the squad. So that that's what I would have changed. But but it's getting a bit repetitive for Sydney at the moment. Um, I, I think if I'm honest, I think they need more players. Um, uh, they haven't really replaced uh, Ninkovic. They 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 need a, a a number ten who can get on the ball and and really create something. So. Um, or they they need to change formation. You need to play Caceres more centrally, or or like we said, we'll be screaming for it. But Max Burgess more centrally and and not as a winger. Watching the uh, the form yeah. of the Wanderers this year, and in particular Neuenhoff, he is he a guy that they really did the wrong thing letting go because he's showing he can play centre of the park right for the Wanderers. If you weren't going to keep Ninka because of either budget or because of age. You've got a young guy over there who really hasn't been given a chance. Do you give him a season playing more football and then make a decision on him rather than base it on a few cameos from the bench? Yeah, definitely. Look, uh, that might he might be one that that slipped away. Um, you know, obviously Tilio slipped away and and went down to City. Um, you know, players like uh, Callum Talbot have slipped away and gone down to City, but Cammy Dev, Cammy Dev, Cammy Devlin. Uh, uh, you know, players. Players of that ilk, uh, young players who weren't given an opportunity at Sydney because they obviously had older, more experienced players in, in their position. But those players have have moved on now, so um, it, it's unfortunate. But those players have moved on, and, and so have the the backups, I guess, for those players um, that spent time, a lot of time in the Sydney FC academy. So um, yeah, I, I think they they need to go out and and get another midfielder um, in this window. I, I, I you know I'm I, I'm hoping. All right, before we uh, move on to the to the last of the Saturday, uh, the last of the oh no, the second of the Saturday games, do you buy into the fact that Sydney are interested in uh, if they do get rid of Kareka, chasing Monty? Uh, potentially, you know, he's he's doing a great job at, at Central Coast. Um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it put it past them. Um, he's he knows the league, and he's developed some some really good young players that he could potentially bring with him as well. So I hope he stays um, where he is. He's done a great job there, and I think. The Mariners' job is not the easiest because the budget's not the biggest and you're also a little bit out of Sydney. So the travel, you know, you have to like that lifestyle. So I think he's doing a great job. I like seeing the Mariners do well. Sydney, you shouldn't find it hard to get a coach, right? Go and look somewhere else. Don't go and pinch Monty. I, I think he'd do a good job at Sydney, but don't go and pinch him. If you are going to let Kareka go, and to be honest, I think his time's running out. He's, he's done some great things there before, but last year you get a chance. This year you get a second chance. I think uh, I don't think you get three strikes you're out. It's not baseball in the US. I think you get two strikes you're out if you're Steve Kareka. So if things don't turn around and consistency doesn't start to become part of uh, Sydney's armour, I think uh, he could be looking for a new gig. Yeah, look, uh, I don't think you're wrong there. All right. Moving on to the second of the Saturday games, as I said, was uh, Monty's Central Coast uh, Mariners up against Adelaide United. 
Central Coast Mariners, the home team, with a huge 4-0 win, which is uh, quite surprising considering, considering Adelaide are usually very competitive. The goals were a bit of an uh, own goal fest here, so it was Popovich with an own goal in the 31st, Onkololo with a, uh, a, a goal in the 48th, Ma- uh, Madonna with an own goal in the 55th, and then Jacob Farrell with the 4th in the 58th. For me, the player of the match was Sammy Silvera. He had a hand in all four goals. I think the uh, first one he uh, he struck and uh, Popovich, they, they gave it to Popovich as an own goal, but he still struck it. I think uh, he ran at the defence and uh, caused all sorts of problems for a tap-in for Encololo. Um, and then uh, I think he played the second yeah. ball, second last ball before the third own, the third goal, and he set Farrell up with a great ball. And he also had one goal disallowed at 4-0. Um, I know four yeah. 0 It should have been five 0 and and he he had that goal disallowed for for an offside of obstructing the uh, the goalkeeper's view. But he uh, was look, excellent. And considering, yeah. like I said, when he left the country, uh, there was high hopes for him, and he had uh, you know big raps on him. Not much happened overseas. He's come back, and to be honest, he looked a bit sluggish. But uh, that was a fantastic performance from the young fella. Yeah, it was. He was he was phenomenal. Like you said, had a hand in pretty much every goal, and then and then got denied one at the end. To it would have made it five nil, and and it would have been you know, five star Mariners at the end of the day. But um, yeah, he he was he was great. It's good to see him. Just he he just needs consistent game time. He obviously went overseas and didn't get that. So he's back in the A League, and and hopefully we see him play consistently for the rest of the season. I also was a huge fan of the silent assassin, Jacob Farrell. There's no fanfare there. There's no big song and dance, but uh, he's gone out again, done his defensive duties and got himself another goal. So I think uh, there's a big future ahead for him. What uh, the turning point for me in this one was 20 seconds into the second half, the away team trailing 1-0, they lose Isaias. Now, I know once you do a foul, it looked worse than it did because he kind of got stuck. I think his studs kind of got stuck in his sock and he got him on the calf. So, I mean, he just fell down like he'd been hit by a lumberjack. Um, and straight away, ECS runs over. You know, you want to give him a fruit basket and give him a cuddle and do all this, but it doesn't matter, right? It was a it was a clumsy tackle. I don't think there was any intent in there. But look, on another day, it might have only been a yellow, but it was a red. And at the time, it was 1-0 thanks to an own goal. Um, from there, they just started free-falling Adelaide and there was no way back. So I think uh, SAS uh, definitely getting that red card put any chance to the Adelaide team hoping to return to Adelaide with a point, even. Yeah, look, I think his reputation probably got the best better of him, um, Isaias, because he's he already been sent off once once this year. And um, yes, it was clumsy, no intent, but um, the referee's seen it. His his studs have, have scraped the the back of um, the back of his calf. I think it was Farrell's calf. So um, yeah, look, no intent, but it, by the by the the rules that that we're playing under now and um, the the standards we've set. Uh, it, it's a red card and it's unfortunate, you know, 20 seconds into into the second half because it, it killed the game and it, it killed uh, Adelaide's chances. And uh, what I would have done to try and change the game was 10 makes it very difficult, but I would have introduced Irukunda into the game at some point. He never came off the bench. I don't know if he's injured and that, then, okay, I retract my statement. But uh, Irukunda, every time he's been on the pitch, you see a bit of stardust sprinkling in the air. You know, you've gone in there. Even even when they copped a second in the 48th, still take a defender off and go and try and get something out of the game. Whether you lose 4-0 or you can somehow fight back and get a 2 or draw. We've seen this plenty of times that uh, a team with 10 men can fight, but not if you're sitting back behind the ball if you're not creating chances you can't make any you might as well open yourself up and go go for go for glory Irukunda not getting any game time for me I don't know if Carl Viet just decided that uh, you know the red card was it and they were going to shut up shop and he was already hopping back on the plane but yeah I, I would have tried to do something and I don't think he didn't do anything other than sit there and cop the punches and the blows against the ropes 
Yeah, look, honestly, I think Carl Vitt lo logged into my fantasy uh, fantasy team and, <laughs> and checked to who I had in the squad and went, yeah. oh, he's got Aaron Kunda. I'm not putting him on today. So, um, yeah, di disappointing not to not to see him on the pitch. Um, and, and, you know, when, when you're a couple goals down, um, you, ne you need to bring a bit of life into the game and, and Aaron Kunda can do that. He can he can make something out of nothing. So, um, yeah, I, I was a bit, a bit shocked that he didn't uh, get on the pitch. Yeah, give, give some players a chance to see who's going to fight when you're down and who's not, right? So there's no point running through with the same players and that. Just clear, clear your bench out, put some guys on and see. You might find someone who you, you see a little something from that you haven't before and that may change your opinion on him. But uh, the last of a Saturday games was a mouth-watering one but didn't maybe turn out as, uh, as, as big a game as it was supposed to be. So it was Melbourne City up against Western United. Tell us about this one, B.I.G. Yeah, look, uh, ended up 4-0 to Melbourne City. Absolute whitewash. They they put on a clinic. Um, goals in the ninth do, do minute think, for sorry, Marco Tilio. Do you think uh, maybe showing videos of when they beat City in the final and all that maybe <laughs> wound up City a little bit? I don't know if that's a smart move when, to be honest, Western aren't going the best this year. City are top of the table and flying with all the depth they have. And all of a sudden you go and start poking the bear? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Rado sat them in a room and, and made them watch that uh, the United documentary or, or something like that. So... Just to fire the lads up, but but they were on fire. Uh, like I said, goals to, to Marco Tilio in the ninth, uh, an own goal again to Leo Lacroix in the twelfth, uh, a goal to J Mac in the twenty fifth, and to round it up, uh, a lovely goal from Andrew Naboot in the eighty fourth. So uh, four nil, absolute clinic. Uh, my player of the match was was Marco Tilio. Um, a few stats I got here: seventy six minutes played, one goal, one assist. Four chances created, three dribbles completed, uh, which was the most by any player, 43 touches and a 79% pass rate. So, um, you know, I, I thought he was phenomenal. He, his first goal, the way he, he did Leo Lacroix cutting in um, and, and finishing, uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, and, you know, it, it's good to see him playing and playing consistently um, starting week in, week out. Whichever voodoo doctor... Um Put the spell on uh, on Leo Lacroix. Also put it on uh, Liverpool's main man at the centre back too, didn't they? Van Dyke, yeah. They, they must have. Uh, I don't know. Did Paul Pogba set that up or, or something like that? I or don't know. I've done? never seen two players. Last year he was probably the best back in the in the league, uh, Mr. Leo, and and I think uh, Van Dyke was also the outstanding defender in the league last year. And this year, I don't know if they're worth uh, two jelly beans. These two. I don't know what's happened to them. And they're two players I love to watch, but they they're not they're not uh, down on form. They're out of form, totally they out are, of form. They are they are totally out of form, and and they they need to go see a, a voodoo doctor themselves to, to try and reverse <laughs> it. I think. All right. Um, well, look, for me, the turning point it was that own goal in the in the twelfth minute. You're already one nil down, um, and then and then you get something like that go against you again, um, and, and you go two nil down against City. Um, you know, after twelve minutes, it's it's pretty much good night uh, after that. So. Um, what I would have changed, um, I don't know how fit Diamante is at the moment, but if he's if he's on the bench, um, you know, if he's good enough to be on the bench, I, I think you've got to put him on at half time, right? You're, you're down three nil. You need to change the game. Like, what's the point of putting him on in the seventy fifth minute? It, it, you know, what, what's he going to do then in, in fifteen minutes? So, um, I would have brought him on at half time and, and probably made a, a couple more changes. I think they made one change at half time. I would have made maybe two or three. Okay. And moving on to the last game of the round, the only Sunday game was the MacArthur Bulls up against the Newcastle Jets. And the Bulls ran out 2-0 winners. The goal scorers were Al Hassan Toure in the 43rd and the man we talked about earlier in our shout-out, uh, Ucilis Davila in the 78th. 
For me, player of the match, uh, couldn't happen to a better person. After a devastating year for Davia, he was back to his best, uh, his devastating best. So he had a devastating 2022, but he, uh, he's back to his devastating best. Along with Craig Noon, who's being played in position, uh, he terrorised the Jets all afternoon. So goes to show, right, Craig Noon, some of the service he was putting in was five-star. It was better than uh, Uber Eats deliveries, right? It was... Uh, We've been saying it. We've been saying, where is he? Where is Craig Noon? Um, and and where is he best... You know, where does he play his best when he's when he's playing in his uh, correct position? So, um, you know, five star service. Yeah, not uh, winning headers on his box and then playing long long balls up front. I don't know who. That's not Craig Noon. That might be uh, someone else. That's, but that's Craig No One. Yeah, that is Craig No One. But uh, yeah, he was Craig Noon was great. But uh, Davia was it was fantastic. And I think uh, you know it, it may have taken the rookie coach a little bit of time to learn where these guys play. But uh, hopefully, if he can keep getting them in the right positions, um, they can maybe cause some damage in this competition. Uh, the turning point for me could have been any of the three. So this is similar to one of your games. So Piscopo crashing his shot against the post in the 17th minute in the game. So if they'd taken a 1-0 lead, um, I think the whole world would have changed. Second thing would have been Ingham's diabolical defending to allow Toure the opening goal. Um, yeah, It was just the ball bouncing and he was just watching the ball. I don't know what he was waiting for or hoping for, but, uh, uh, you know, it was clapped by um, all night Dwight on the sideline, but I know he was happy he took the lead, but it was a rubbish goal. It was it was just Toure was happy to chase. It was like a dog chasing a ball, right? He wasn't going to give up and the other guy didn't know what the ball was. So it was quite confusing. But uh, And the last one was Mikko Tatsa, who's normally very reliable. As I said before, five from five spot kicks this year, missing his spot kick seconds before half time. So you could have recovered from, uh, you know, conceding a real really poor goal going in at 1-1 and that also would have probably given you a chance of running that, out winners and giving That's a big one that's a big one isn't it you, you know that's a that's a coach killer you miss a penalty before half time or, or we say you know you concede a goal before half time um you know that that's that's that they're big coach killers and it just puts a dampener when you when you go into the sheds yeah, I think it definitely did uh, hurt them and they never <clears throat> recovered from that. And what would I have done to change the game? So I, I know I'm, bank, I'm banging on about this and, and probably maybe the listeners and Arthur Pappas are sick of hearing it, but it's the honest way I feel. They're still struggling to find the right lineup. They played a 4-2-3-1. I, I don't know if he was learning how to count or he, he was trying to do some sort of, uh, you know, uh, maths equations here, but uh, push another player into midfield and start the other Becker Darts Melia, right? Like, I, I don't know. If you don't want him, sell him. Trade him. Get rid of him. But at the moment, playing four fullbacks, uh, you know, against the Bulls team who haven't been brilliant this year is just sitting back playing negative Nancy. And I, I just don't see the value in that. I still don't think they've found the right setup. They've got some good players in there, but they don't look like a team. They just look like a group of players that they've found somewhere, you know, like, a, I suppose, like our, all, uh, our fantasy teams. You put them in, you don't know if they'll play well together. You're only trying to put them in there to pick up points each week when they play for their club teams. But if that was a team, you'd have to start to put them in positions, start to get a structure and a style of football and that. And it doesn't, doesn't look like he's doing that. So I, I know he's got big raps on him, Arthur Pappas, and I know he's one of the best young coaches going around. But I, to be honest, I haven't been impressed by what I've seen from him on a regular basis. Okay, I've seen glimpses of what he's capable of, but a good coach is not two or four or eight games a season. A good coach is someone that puts you know, at least 80 to 90% performances. Yeah, they get a few off nights and a few off days and that happens with players coaches and everybody but you know you've got to be hitting a 70 percent performance uh marker you know and saying that we do perform at least you know seven out of ten times not two out of uh, ten times so for me very disappointing the jets are, are cold two weeks then hot one week and and they're just topsy-turvy so if i was a jets fan i'd be so frustrated it's not funny but uh that's the end of our uh, revolution roundup for this week up uh, after the break we uh bring the final segment of our show our clinical finish we'll catch you after the break you're listening to the Football Revolution. 
Welcome back to the show. This is our final stretch of um, our first show back for 2023. It's our clinical finish. So the first part of this segment is our What the Foot, our WTF awards. So uh, I think we can't go past uh, the victories results since we took our break. So while we've both been living it up, uh, you at home with the family and me uh, away in Japan, I think the victory haven't had as, as much fun as we have. They haven't. And, and look, we, we've, we've probably harped on about this too too much in the in the previous segment, but you know it's it's so disappointing to see a club of that stature, um, you know, to see where they are, you know, right right now, um, you know, having just lost their marquee to an ACL, um, you know, ten points from ten games not good enough. The players look disinterested, um, you know, the performances since they've been back have have been dreadful, um, you know, I know there's a lot happening at that club, there's a lot going on, and and, and a lot's been. Um, a lot's happened since since the return uh, after the World Cup break, um, and, and obviously it all started with the with the derby. But um, you know, a club of that stature, it's it's you know, it's one of the biggest the biggest two clubs in 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 Australia in in Victory and, and Sydney FC. So um, to see you know Victory performing the way they are, to see the players, uh, the body language from the players, um, they're, they're just not in a good place at the moment. So you know, you look at. As we've said, fantastic playing roster. Okay, even losing Nanny, uh, a coach who's got unbelievable pedigree, who has unbelievable, you know, uh, results in the A League. <clears throat> in Tony Popovich, you've got a fantastic, uh, you know, supporter base there in the victory. Is it what we've said? Is it is it because of all everything else that's gone on that's causing the club? Or if that's not it, they need to go find Sherlock Holmes to find the problem because this is not something that anyone else can find other than than you know someone who really knows what they're doing because they have all the ingredients there for a fantastic uh, you know season, but it's not panning out like that, and it's it's fast becoming too late. Yeah, look, you'd be naive to say that everything that's happened isn't playing uh, isn't playing a role in in what's happening at the moment. Um, I think it definitely is. It has to be. It has to be playing on the players' minds. Has to be playing on the, on the club's mind, the coach's mind. Um, and, and this is a club with that, that used to have one of the biggest fan bases um, in, in the country. I, I think you know at one stage they had over some, something ridiculous like fifty thousand members or something like that. Um, and and on the weekend's game, they they got four thousand people to the, to the match, and and I know there's sanctions on the club at the moment, um, especially with the with the active support. But um, even if they were around, you know, they probably would have only been you know eight ten thousand max at, at that ground. Um, they should be selling out that Amy Amy Park week in week out, no doubt about it. Come on, lads! I'm just going to say, come on, Victory! We need you guys to start to step up. And look, there's only one way you can turn this around. Get some wins, and uh, the fans, the club, everyone yeah, get, smiles on their get, faces. The players, so let's get some wins. It does, doesn't have to be pretty. Doesn't have to be nice. Just go out there, uh, put put your body on the line. Let's get some results, and let's turn this around and get ourselves away from uh, second bottom. And uh, come on, lads, let's get this done. It is. It's amazing what a, what a couple of wins can do. You know, the fans, the fans will start coming back. Um, we, we hope, um, and, and yeah, like you said, come on, we we need. From a league's perspective, we need Melbourne Victory to be um, to be playing good football. Yeah, and we also need uh, those those sorts of crowds where we, you like I said, it could, we could be watching something in Europe, you know. So they just bring something to a league that we definitely need. So whether you're a Victory fan or not, let's just uh, hope that they can turn things around. So the games to watch this week: third place Wanderers hosting the competition leader City. What are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, that's a that's a big game, and it'll be interesting to see how the Wanderers bounce back from uh, their disappointing game in Perth. So. And they're coming up against, you know, the the best team in the competition who are absolutely flying at the moment. So 
um, you know, very interesting fixture, that one. And the uh, the Bulls, who are currently in fourth, welcome the second-place Mariners, who have both enjoyed the festive season. How do you see this one? Yeah, that'll be interesting as well. Um, you know, can MacArthur back it up? Uh, Central Coast uh, playing some good football, got some some real good young talents. Um, you know, Silvera's, like you said, we, we touched on Sammy Silvera and, and his performance on the weekend, but um, those young players need to find consistency as well. So I think, I think so this will be an interesting fixture, uh, a battle of uh, teams that, um, need to find consistency and 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 need to you know both argue if they get a win that they, they might get a roll on um, into the back end of this season now. Yeah, the intriguing part for me is the fact that the Mariners have worked so hard during this festive season to get themselves into second place after sitting just outside the six or just inside the six, you know, leading up to that. So a, a win here would consolidate them, whereas all your hard work comes undone. You know, you drop a couple of places without that. And the Bulls, like I said, without setting the world on fire, and we were talking about how disappointing they've been so far under uh, Dwight York, they've got themselves up to fourth. So a win here could get you guys sitting up into a top three. And if you told me this before we uh, we broke for a couple of weeks, I would have said that uh, you've been having too much eggnog so no chance no chance so a win a win for macarthur will take them above central coast and if city beat beat the wanderers it, it'll keep them in in second spot so um that'll, that'll be incredible achievement after you know if you told me that a couple of weeks back i would have shook my head and told you to leave the room a lot to play for all right quick uh, tfr fantasy update i'm not sure what's happened this week i've got players that they're telling me did not play and i thought they have they, they still haven't sent us an email confirming what our weekly score is so i don't know if they're, they're on holidays still still on holidays yeah surely. Look, I, I, obviously i maybe i've passed a few of them in my <laughs> travels at the airports but uh i'm not sure what's happening but i haven't we haven't received either of us our email telling us what our weekly uh score was uh we also haven't uh there's players like i said who they've said haven't played and i, I believe they have but there is still a game tomorrow which is um i don't know how it falls into it this was round 11 but there's around six games to be played tomorrow night i think it's between is it the glory and the raw um so i'm not sure if that's the reason why they're waiting to, to hand out those totals but look we've tried to uh get the calculators out and do the best uh, maths we can do here so i know there's been a few weeks uh when we've been on break that we haven't been able to give you an update but uh the current update is my round 11 score was 45 giving me a total of 837 um, I did trade out Ibasuki, who has uh, absolutely lost all everything he had since I've put him in my team, as well as uh, Jake Brimmer. And I've bought in uh, Robert <coughs> Mack from Sydney FC, as well as uh, one of the Raw's uh, good performers at the moment, uh, Aramianto. Um, and uh, yeah, so 837 is my current score. How did you go in round 11 and what's your total? Um, I think I, I'm up to 75. And counting. Yeah. And count and counting, and uh, what does that take me up to? Eight, uh, 28. 28. Is, eight. That, is that what? Yeah, so at the moment, I've got uh, a nine point lead on you. I must have had a couple of good weeks while we we're uh, having a break because I, I was just behind you. You had a cracking week just before we went on break. So, look, it's still very close. Um, like I said, I don't think this is a closed round yet, so I don't know how this is going to work. We might pick up some points here or there, so it might either extend my lead or close the gap. So, we could be dead, dead neck and neck by next week, but uh. You didn't make any changes, so uh, you've been sitting back, I suppose, stockpiling like a squirrel with Christmas nuts. You've been stockpiling your changes, so you might be able to start making a few a few big uh, big moves in the coming weeks. Yeah, look, I, I think I, I made a couple of changes, and and the, the week after, I only picked up forty six points. So I thought, you know, hold on a sec, let's just peel it back a bit. Let's let's let the boys uh, prove themselves, let them play, and um, they they came up with two two decent weeks for me and and then going into this week with uh with 75 so i think i had 98 points last week 
Well, and, I'll be, well, I'll be uh, getting rid of Nanny this week because uh, I'll be playing as many games for the rest of the year as he will be. So uh, I'll be getting rid of him and bringing someone else in. Hopefully his price hasn't uh, fallen through the ground because of the fact that they all know he's not playing now and so uh, his price will drop. But uh, maybe I might be able to trade him in to get someone decent. If, uh, if they missed any part of the show, they want to listen to other episodes, where can they catch it? Yeah, they can catch us on uh, all good podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, also up on the YouTube channel and on uh, Football Nation Radio. All right. Uh, it's been another great great show. It's great to be back on the air. It's great to uh, see you again, VIG. Like I said, with me being overseas, I haven't seen you for a, a week or two weeks, but uh, it's great to see you're still in good form. Uh, you, you seem like you've, you're kind of taking uh, a leaf out of either City in the men's book or... Uh, I suppose Sydney in the women's league, you're going even better than you were before the break. Me, I think I'm just chugging along. I'm maybe one of the, maybe I'm the phoenix. I'm maybe just one win, one loss, one draw, just kind of even keel. But uh, that's why we make such a good team. Uh, plenty more men's and women's A league action coming up this week. There's a game tomorrow, like I said. I think the Roar and. Uh, uh, the glory and then there's the, the full fixtures in the men's and women's on the weekend i hope you enjoyed the show even half as much as we enjoy bringing it to you and we'll catch you again next tuesday and until then as we say rise up and join the football revolution catch you next week you're listening to the football revolution